When was the last time you tried something new? Nothing. You never tried something new? That was Razan and her foster child. When was the last time you tried something new? And do you think it might be too late? That at this stage in your life, the moment has passed. I did something new this month. Now it wasn't transformational, but I'd put myself out there by going to a dog groomer and asking for a haircut. You guys did such a good job cutting my dog's hair. You guys don't trim human hair. And that propelled a series of firsts for me. I also followed the journey of ladies tackling their fear, learned an instrument in two days, and lived out their fantasy as a rock star through Ladies Rock MKE. And then it became a full circle moment when I sat down with my coworker DJ and talked about how insecurities manifest, how they can sometimes hold us back, and how we can overcome them. I don't have to be perfect. Rather, I should sit in my imperfections and appreciate it. If you're curious about these conversations and episodes, they are on any streaming service. Just look up Uniquely Milwaukee and you will find them there. But all those moments led us to a final bow, a reminder that we never stop learning. Sound funny. Is this how I really sound? My coworker, Kiri Salinas, <laughs> is going to take over this part of the episode as she interviews her mother about going back to school. I don't know what to tell you, that's what your voice sounds like. Her mother, Sonia, dreamed about becoming a chemist, but fate had other plans. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Okay. So this month on Uniquely Milwaukee, we're really focusing on New Year Elevated You. And part of this episode is going to be about lifelong learning. So right off the bat, what does lifelong learning mean to you? Lifelong learning means that I believe in personal growth. I believe whether, you know, it, you can learn something from a particular situation. You can learn something from going to school. You can learn something. There's just constant growth throughout life. And you just, you got to find your path. Mom, what did you want to be when you grew up? Depends on my age. I wanted to be everything from a professional wrestler to a astronaut to a Air Force <laughs> pilot to a, a baseball player. And then I was raised with a bunch of brothers, so I thought I could be everything a boy could be. But I grew up in the generation where you could not be as a girl, so all my dreams were crushed. And then I eventually settled on being a scientist. In high school, I wanted to be a chemist. So I went to college and, uh, and I set out to be a chemist. Okay, so how far in your college career did you get? One year, <laughs> initially. And why is that? I got pregnant. <laughs> I got pregnant my first year of college. <laughs> so, 
and it was pregnant with me. I was I was the child. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you were the product of that pregnancy. Yes. So what happened next? Well, at that point, uh, my father was sick and had gotten sick shortly after I had you. And then my mother had passed away before I had you. So I, I really had not, I didn't have much for family support. So my dreams of being a chemist were put on hold. And I decided to, you know, I had to stay home and take care of you. So, and I had to get a real job and try and figure out how to navigate the world as a single parent. Your father really wasn't in the picture at that point. And so I had to kind of figure out how to survive. Was that an easy decision for you to make or was it like? It was more or less a forced decision. You know, I, I didn't have many choices. Right. So. so you were pregnant with me, had me. You were pregnant with Maisie, my little sister, and... Through that time, you just worked, you know? I did go back to school one other time when you were about two years old before Maisie was born. Okay. I went back for another year. So initially, when I got pregnant with you, I was going to school at UW-Whitewater. I did try going back again for another year at UW-Parkside. And I had managed to find some adult education grants, so I kind of got to go to school for free. And even still, it, it was just too hard to juggle trying to go to school full time, trying to make ends meet and take care of you. So I, again, dropped out and put things on hold. So and then had Maisie a couple of years later. I'm not sure if you remember what moved around a little bit. You know, things just didn't quite work out the way we wanted. So, so now when you went to UW Parkside, did you also go back for like a chemistry degree? Yes, that was my lifelong dream was to to finally be a chemist. That was something a girl could do. <laughs> so. Fast forward, Maisie's in high school. You guys didn't need me anymore. So it was time to, you know, I was at a point where I was just like, you know, coming home after work. It's like, what do I do with myself? You know, Maisie was finally living her own life, going out with her friends, doing her thing. And you were off in school. And, you know, I was like, what do I do with myself? It was just kind of like me and coming home to my husband and staring at the animals and just kind of like, what do I do? You know, and it was like, all right, I need a hobby. So I decided, I was like, you know, I'd been managing dental offices, managing IT companies. I have these management skills. I was like, well, you know, I want to make more money in life. I need to now start focusing on myself. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I decided I can't really go back to school for chemistry. I could, but that's a much longer process than I've got time for. So I was like, you know, let's go to school and get the degree that matches my resume, more or less. I personally just want to know, was it weird for me to have gone to college and graduate from college four years later? Was that weird for you at all? It, it was kind of, I chuckled a couple times that we're both in college at the same time. <laughs> I, I remember even at one point that I think we both got our degrees in the same year, or I think I got my degree like six months before you did or something like that. Or, right. You know, and I remember thinking, haha, I got mine before you did. <laughs> that was always a goal of mine is make sure I got a degree before you did. <laughs> so. so now I remember seeing the pictures of like Maisie's first day of school and then a picture of like you for your first day of school. Yeah. Like was that, I mean, just having to go through like the first day of school jitters. Did you have that at 40? Oh. Well, yeah, it was terrible. Cause the last thing I want to do is sit in a classroom with a bunch of 20 year olds. You know, that was, that was terrible. That was, that was nerve wracking, you know, and it's just, it, and it's hard because I've got life experience compared to some of these 18 year olds, 20 year olds. And it was hard. I wanted to make sure I did at least one class in the classroom every semester just because I wanted to make sure that kept me on track and kept me accountable for everything. So that's what I tried to do. And going in the classroom, I had half the classroom were adults like me and the other half were, you know, floundering 18 year olds that weren't sure what they wanted to do. So it was hard because 
it was just like, you know, I'm looking at some of these kids and it was like, you know, I admired the fact that they were still going to school, but then it was just like, they didn't have the experiences that I did. So it was just very frustrating sometimes. You know, I'm going through like a, an English writing class and, you know, we're talking about life experiences and it's like I've lived life 10 times over compared to some of these kids. And then I'm with some of these adults, too, that were also just on a very different path than I was. And it was just very challenging where you when you go to school like especially a four-year school, you go to a school at 18 like you're supposed to, and you're on the same in the same group with the same people, all on the same trajectory. It's going through the same life things that everybody else is. It's very different. It was hard to relate to people. So it was very nerve-wracking, especially, at, you know, in the beginning and then at the start of each semester. Just you never knew what kind of melting pot you were going to jump into. Fair. I mean, because I would think that, like, technical college, you wouldn't have the same, quote-unquote, college experience Exactly. I mean, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like, you don't have the residence halls. You don't have the partying, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But, okay. So, like, for you, it was, like, just strictly getting your classes covered, just getting it all done. Right. To where you can come out with a degree at the end. Exactly. So, if you're cool with it, I want to talk about your New Mexico trip. Okay. So... One of the things you mentioned about lifelong learning, it's not just about going to school, right? right? It's, like you said, personal growth. Yes. This trip was a big trip that you just came back from. Yes. It was only a weekend. Yes. 52 hours. <laughs> but <laughs> it really touched something with, like, it really changed something with you. you wanna- yeah. Well, I've been struggling. Um, holidays are rough for me, especially since I lost my parents. You know, and this was the first Christmas. <laughs> This is the first Christmas that I realized that my kids are grown. You know, this is the first year that my, you know, Maisie, the youngest, has a significant other. And now my my, my baby is now gone with this boyfriend and his family, you know. And it's like now she's not there. And it's like where she's always been there. And it's just, you know, where you and Emma have always, you know, had your other things going on. But now it's like, oh, no, what, what? I don't have Maisie. What do I do? I'm all by myself. With Stefan working, it was like, what do I do? You know, and I, I found myself alone and it, I wasn't prepared for that. And and it's not so much the changes. I mean, change happens and, and I'm usually OK with that. But this I just was not prepared for it. I felt like I was just going to explode, like something was just going to just explode in me and just, I, I needed to get out of here. I decided to take a trip. I was going to drive somewhere, or do something. And then a cousin of mine passed away in New Mexico I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the funeral. I got in the car and I was going to go and and I found myself driving. And I was like, you know, I don't know that I can deal with family right now. And I, I started driving. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go check out some aliens in Roswell. <laughs> and I drove in the opposite direction. So nobody knew I was coming. Nobody knew n- there was nothing wrong with me not going. So I ended up uh, in Roswell, New Mexico. And I, I went searching for aliens. You know, I just I stopped at the alien museum. From there, I was like, you know, what am I going to do next? Woke up the next morning, drove two hours south to Carlsbad Caverns and went down into these caverns. And I I can't even tell you just the thing that I thought of was if I'm going to do this and I'm not going to go to this funeral, I've got to learn something from this. And so I went and and I remember stopping in the caverns and just looking around and I'm like, what can I learn from this experience in this moment? And I stopped and I looked and I'm like, well, I'm looking in these caverns and I'm looking at these stalactites and stalagmites and and I'm looking at them and I'm like, well, these things are created over little drops of water 
over millions of years that get filtered through the earth. But just look at these little drops. And it's like, and here I am. I paid money to get into this cavern to look at these beautiful sites that they created. And it's like, you know, if I'm patient enough, something beautiful can come out of it. And so, you know, I walked out of that cavern. I'm like, you know what? Lesson I learned was patience. From there, I went on and I had seen a sign advertised for pecan beer in Las Cruces. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Las Cruces and look for this pecan beer. And I went to Las Cruces and I found pecan beer and it tasted so delicious. But it's like I felt like it was just part of this awakening, you know, that I had, you know, and just kind of I appreciated everything just so much more. And it was just and here I was all on my own in New Mexico. Just I could do that. I could just revise my plan. I could just change it the way I wanted. And there was nobody there to argue with me. I could sit in the rental car, listen to the music that I wanted, and I just drove to Las Cruces. Definitely different than our family vacation. <laughs> Definitely. No arguing in the back seat. No, nobody arguing over the music and fighting or anything. And nobody stopping to go to the bathroom. And yeah, it was it was amazing. Well, I just left because like our family trips were so like we practically had an itinerary. Yep. Packed like, and regimented and just. Yeah. yeah. So like each hour, like of every day we jam packed as much as we could. And we I mean, we got a lot of it done. You yeah. know, it wasn't I don't feel like we ever missed out on any of our trips. But like you didn't have a plan. You yeah. just you just. Yeah. Just YOLO. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I never do that. That's so unlike me. Right. But yeah, it was amazing. After Las Cruces, I woke up the next day, drove over some more mountains and and again, just admired that beauty and just and I ended up in white sands and I'm sitting and I climbed up these 60 foot sand dunes and I'm sitting up on top of these sand dunes. I'm looking at them. I wrote my name in the sand and I was like, it said Sonia was here. And then literally in a minute, I watched the wind just blow it all away like it never even existed. And then all of a sudden I looked down the sand dune. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, how am I going to get down the sand dune that I just climbed up? <laughs> You know, without busting my crap. And I'm like, all right, no, sure enough, fell down halfway through. Then I got down and I started thinking, I'm like, yeah, it didn't matter where I was. Sonia was here, it didn't matter. But I needed to look forward and focus on where I'm going. You know, like I said, there's lessons to be learned everywhere. Kiri's mom is the coolest. I just want to go to New Mexico with her. But what if you didn't have a trip like her that made it all make sense? What if you don't feel as elevated as you should be? Coming up next, we are bringing back a fan favorite, Dr. Shyla Mergain, to share her thoughts. We know by this point in the year, most people's New Year's resolutions and goals have gone by the wayside and we are creatures of habit and have gone back to old patterns or habits or maybe not stuck to a specific intention we had. And that's okay. Hey, Radio Milwaukee family, you tune in to us and now we want to tune in to you. From now until February 17th, we'd love for you to spend a few minutes taking our listeners' survey. Your responses will let us know what you dig about what we're currently doing and give us feedback on how to make it even better. As an added incentive, all complete responses are entered to win a $150 gift card to Black Shoe Hospitality Restaurant. You can find our survey online at Radio Milwaukee or hyphen.org. If you remember from episode one, I spoke with psychologist Dr. Shyla Mergon to kick us off on the right foot during the New Year Elevated You series. The conversation was about goal setting and looking towards the year. 
But as you know, throughout this entire month, we listened to a lot of elaborate journeys. And there were many times here at Radio Milwaukee where we thought, wouldn't it be just great if we had an expert opinion on a very specific thing? So I just wanted to do a little bit of a recap from every episode and ask you maybe one question. So for the first episode, I'm not sure if you remember, I did rejection therapy where I put myself in a social experiment where you would do things in order to get a no. So the question I had for that is I've noticed that I kind of procrastinate and, you know, I do this a lot where I'm leading up to a big event or activity and I'm so excited about it for a few weeks before. And then just a few days before the deadline, I procrastinate and it becomes a stressful thing. So in your professional opinion, why does that happen to people? I think for a variety of reasons, there can be some anticipatory anxiety that can cause us to hold off on doing something or even procrastinate. And anxiety and avoidance Mm -hmm. actually can go hand in hand, especially if it's something new that pushes us outside our comfort zone. We can make the excuse, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or next week or maybe never. And we find with anxiety, actually, one of the best things we can do is approach, is to Mm -hmm. take action. And sometimes we get into an all or nothing mindset. I have to do everything or nothing. And I think about it as just taking a small step, doing one thing, or even getting ready to do something, like even planning for it or getting some gear or making a reservation. All those I think can be really helpful. Yeah. And on the flip side, I accomplished my task and I did a few challenges and it was successful. I went to the dog groomer. I asked for a haircut. I went to Red Lobster and asked if I could adopt a lobster. And I got a lot of no's, so successful mission. But I did end up feeling kind of like a failure because it didn't really go as I planned in my head. For example, instead of asking, can I get a haircut? I asked, do you cut human hair? So I, I was just overanalyzing my mistakes. How can people adjust to that when they're facing things that really didn't go as planned throughout their year. So I think a couple things when I hear about your experiences and your experiments, yeah. congratulations. Thank That's you. been really fun. And, you know, just to get some of those no's. Um, unique way to start yeah, the year, I'll say that. unique way to getting some of those no's. And, and what I think happened is that you face some of the discomfort around it. Mm. And there can be a lot of noise in our head. And I think a real takeaway is to not take those thoughts so seriously. So again, when we're moving outside of our comfort zone, when we're trying to grow, it's really uncomfortable. And part of that discomfort Mm -hmm. could be physiological, like we might get sweaty palms or tightness in our shoulders or even a little bit of a stomach ache. But more strikingly, it is often the automatic thoughts that pop up, self-doubt, judging ourselves, Mm -hmm. fear of the impact it might have, even embarrassment and shame. And I think a real takeaway is to get comfortable with that discomfort. Mm -hmm. Of course, those thoughts are going to pop up. We're going to overanalyze it. We're going to doubt ourselves. That's the point of it. You know, and often what we're facing is those things that hold us back from making leaps and bounds that, you know, that thought pops up often an an anxious thought, that kind of rumination around it. And that's what stymies us, that stagnates us. And so making a different interpretation when that thought pops up saying, oh, good, this means I'm on that growth edge. This means I'm actually doing something right. And then choose a different kind of thought. So I think when we go into these kinds of experiments, 
around maybe seeking more rejection so we're less afraid. Having that mantra or affirmation can be really useful that when that thought pops up, we can make a different kind of choice. Mm. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second is, you know, this doesn't have to be perfect. This is going to be messy. Things are going to not go as planned. And that's okay. We're just still in January here. And I think, you know, just we have the whole year ahead of not a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So we can say, okay, maybe it didn't go as planned or I didn't do what I want. That's fine. Just set a new goal. Figure out, okay, what could I do next? And and I love when you said, hey, an interesting way to start the year. Absolutely. <laughs> like you're shaking things up. And I think yeah. that's what we want our listeners to do, to be a bit of bold and brave and courageous and, and try again and not be so afraid of failure. And you can kind of bounce back if need be. You know, you can... Uh pick yourself up and try again. And, and yeah. again, what I love is there was no harm, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you kind of knew what the response would be. You know, we're right. not doing anything risky. You're you're just trying to step outside that comfort zone, which, which yeah. we really want right now. Great reminder. It's nice that I'm talking to you about it because now my perspective is changing. It's like, yeah, you're right. No harm done. It was just, it, it, I needed to be uncomfortable and that was the goal. So for episode two, we followed, have you ever heard of Ladies Rock, MKE? Tell me more. So it's an intensive Milwaukee music like camp where ladies from 18 and up, they learn how to play an instrument for two days, learn how to make a song from Friday and Saturday and Sunday they perform that song. We had a workshop, the gold I see in you. That's Natalie from Ladies Rock. And we were asked to kind of reflect for ourselves and I realized for me that this experience made me realize that I can do hard things, that it's not too late for me to try new things, that I'm not too old, you know, that I really just need to go for it and try it. And that all feels amazing. How do you keep that momentum alive moving forward? That is such a great question because we know by this point in the year, most people's New Year's resolutions and goals have gone by the wayside yeah. and we are creatures of habit and have gone back to old patterns or habits or maybe not stuck to uh, a specific intention we had. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, I think it's more common than not. And to keep the momentum going, it can be good to have a, a support team. Like when I hear about that, the, the gathering, of, of different artists and musicians have reached out to somebody who can be an accountability buddy that mm -hmm. could be even a cheerleader for you that could help you pick you up if you find that you're kind of gotten stuck in the muck so to speak and lend a helping hand so I think we go farther when we go together and you know that expression it takes teamwork to make the dream work mm -hmm. so I think that's a, a big thing and then I think secondly to anticipate that that's going to happen and that's part of the hero heroine's journey throughout the year that there are going to be times of stagnation or reversing course or backtracking and so having a plan so if this happens then I'll do this what I call if then statements so mm -hmm. if I get stuck in this way then I can do this if this happens I can problem solve this way if this obstacle arises, I can take action to get back on track in this format. And research shows that if we anticipate those times of backtrack or relapse or collapse, even if we have that plan in place, anticipate it and have a plan in place, we're much more likely to get back on track. And, you know, each and every day we can just choose, choose to do something, right? Mm -hmm. Even something small. And often that helps us get that momentum again. And I love the 
physics analogy that a stagnant ball, it takes a lot of energy to get it going. But once it's going, it takes a lot less energy. We're kind of the same way. So it can take a lot of effort to get started. Like for those of us who have fallen off the, the bang wagon with a health goal, like, you know, this time of year, many people get more stagnant and aren't working out. And it can take a lot of energy to get to the gym finally. <laughs> but once we get into that habit, then it's not so much energy to make that a routine part, but it can take a bit to get started. Yeah. So to know that, again, having those affirmations, that support team, and then the if-then statements in mind can really mm. make a difference. I love the accountability buddy. So for episode three, we decided to dial it back. You know, we did Ladies Rock. It was a very external transformation. We wanted to focus a little bit about how to change things from within and how sometimes if you have low self-esteem, that can affect your life. If you feel like you have low self-esteem, how does that get in the way of living your best life? I'm glad you're bringing that up because transformation really is about the inside out. So I think about the work of Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer around self-compassion. They are psychologists and authors of the mindful self-compassion. They actually have a lot of research showing self-compassion has much more long-term effects than self-esteem. So cultivating mm. self-compassion. Self-esteem tends to ebb and flow based on accomplishments. Like if I did good, I feel good. If I didn't do so well, I feel poorly. And there can be a kind of a social comparison. Oh, this person, the grass is greener, they're doing better, so I must be less than. So again, self-esteem, if we're chasing that, sometimes can be a little bit slippery mm -hmm. to really take hold and be concrete. So I think of the work of self-compassion and um, there are three components. The three components of self-compassion seem easy enough, but they take a lot of effort to implement them. The first component is mindfulness, acknowledging that you are struggling. The second one is common humanity, recognizing that you're not alone. And the third is self-compassion, recognizing that you're a human being and that you should be kind to yourself. The research shows over time builds a much more stable sense of self mm. that's grounded in both the, the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads, the strengths and the weaknesses. Again, just kind of recognizing just as a human being, you know, we can be just in all our complexity. And my last thing is sometimes people have trouble generating self-kindness. It's interesting. We often could be some people, myself included, would be very good at giving it to others, not so good <laughs> at giving it to yourself. Kind of a, a pro tip is to think about giving kindness to somebody else mm. and just imagining a boomeranging back to you could be one way or just even picturing somebody who has been kind to you at some moment in life, mm. imagining they're sharing that kindness towards you. That can be really, really helpful. I love that insightful knowledge. And you know, sometimes I feel like it sounds so simple, but it is very hard to do. And that's why you have to do the practice and mindfulness. But thank you so much for bringing that. This is exactly why I wanted to chat with you. I just feel that it's so needed. Just to close it off, I wanted you to listen to the audio piece, but to give you some background, I had a very insightful conversation with my coworker, DJ, and he's a brilliant fellow. He is so fashionable, so personable, and he shared with me that he had an insecurity about the structure of his face. He doesn't have a prominent side profile. And if you ever spoke to him, you wouldn't recognize that this is something that he's dealing with. And he was bullied and when he was younger to the point where he decided to have plastic surgery growing up in high school. Now he's in a journey of healing and he's really working through that. But he illuminated one of his coping mechanisms. My journey is about how I can be vulnerable about 
my journey is about how I can overcome. And I like one thing I'm overcoming right now is, and I shared this with Austin. Every time I walk and cross the street, you know, you always have those cars that are like waiting for the light to go green. Mm-hmm. What I will always do to protect myself and my ego is this is crazy to me too. I always look the opposite direction of where the car is facing. Why do I do this? Because this internal fear and like this life experience of hearing kids laughing at me says that if I allow people to see my profile for what it is, they in their car can be laughing. I could be the butt of the joke. I could be the reason why uh, I look at their car and they are laughing. Mm -hmm. And so I choose to build that coping mechanism to look away to protect myself. And one of the things that my mom has always shared, and I'm, you know, as we get older, we are more keen to listen to our parents, is it's not your business what another person thinks yeah. of you. And let me tell you why. It's not your business of what another person thinks of you because what they think of you is based off their life experience, the challenges and adversities that they are facing. And half the time, it has nothing to do with you and it has more to do with themselves. Yeah, first I want to say I'm so sorry that he went through this as a a kid and the kind of cruelty and and meanness can be traumatic and body image issues can really stem from that kind of treatment from, you know, kids that maybe don't know better, right? And in terms of coping strategies, I think we develop a lot of different coping strategies, right? Some are helpful, some maybe not so helpful. And I think we look at a, a couple different things. I think we look at, is this serving me now? You know, maybe it did as a kid, maybe not so much now. Uh, maybe we want to do some therapy around it and and get some processing and some healing around it. Maybe it's something we want to modify um, or maybe try a, a different approach. And sometimes even exposure therapy can be useful in this case that if it's no longer, you know, it sounds like for your coworker that it was maybe helpful as a teenager. It helped um, protect him from ridicule and teasing and the pain of all that. And maybe now as an adult, it's not serving him. And so sometimes exposure therapy under the guidance of some good therapy, working with a professional can be useful around maybe he chooses to not turn his head and look at the person's reaction. And there could be profound healing around that, that maybe seeing people aren't noticing or smiling back could help kind of right the wrong of what what he went through. But I'm never one to judge people's coping strategies because sometimes they work and they're they're harmless and, and they seem to serve a function. Wow, I can't believe this month is coming to an end. So here's a question I've been chewing on. Do I feel elevated? Well, I'm slowly getting myself out of that comfort zone. I took a cooking class and then a week later, I cooked that meal for friends to share. I signed up for the gym membership and I changed that course of thought when I felt like I was being observed. And I talked to my friends about it. I opened up and it all became a little less scary and honestly, a little bit silly. I'm excited to see what this year will bring and I'm not expecting a life altering experience, but nothing changes if nothing changes. However, I do feel less alone from these stories that we've heard from people that are being very brave with their vulnerability. And I have the tools to at least get me started. It's never too late. We have a lifetime. 
So I'll end it with this question. What advice would you give someone that's trying something new for the first time? Being so nice. To be so nice? Yeah. Oh. This is your host, Salam Fathayed. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer, Kiri Salinas, our audio production manager, Brett Krasgowski is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics and our wonderful logo is made by Aaron Bagata. Our community engagement coordinator is Mallory Wallace and Dan Reiner handles our social media accounts. And a big, big thank you to our city loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast podcast and tune in next week for the next episode of Uniquely Milwaukee.